Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah, Nahmadahu wa nasta'ainuhu wa nasta'ghafiruh wa nu'minu bihi wa natabakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyaati amalina man yahdiyallahu falamudillalah wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh arsalahu bashiran wa nadhira bayna yaday sa'ah من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى ومن يعصيهما فإنه قد غوى وإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا إن خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحديث حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن خير العمور عوازمها وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال سبحانه وتعالى في مكان ثاني يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله قولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما صدق الله العظيم like to talk about couple of current incidents that happen in the Muslim world and to remind ourselves إن شاء الله our responsibility towards these kinds of incidents that happened around us. One of the incidents that some of me have not heard about, but that also happened in the surrounding of Masjid al-Aqsa. Yes, we all heard about what happened a couple of days ago, but I want to talk about, start with something that happened last Saturday. One of a young Palestinian Muslim doctor who just graduated, 26 years old, he was shot and killed by the occupation forces at the doors of the entrance of Masjid al-Aqsa. And the reason was that one of the Muslimah was attacked by these occupying forces and this brother, his name was Ahmad Khalid al-Usaybi, he tried to protect her try to prevent the sister. Upon that, those occupation forces, they put, as one of the reports talk about, 10 bullets in him. Rahmatullah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept him as a shaheed. That reminded me of one of the incidents from the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And after this incident happened, not too long after, the victory Allah Azza wa Jal gave to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Battle of Badr. And many of us remember probably 
that today is the Ramadan 16th and the Battle of Badr, Yawm al-Furqan, the day that distinguished the Haq from the Batil, one of the biggest victories that was given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that happened on the Ramadan 17th as well. So let's not forget the blessings of the month of Ramadan from this angle as well. Yes, we know this is the month and we all hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our ibadat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our fasting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our qiyam and have all our sins forgiven as the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells us. But at the same time, this month of Ramadan was looked as the month of victory for the ummah. Whether we talk about the Ghazwatul Badr, whether we talk about the opening of Undulus, whether we talk about the Fath Makkah, the opening of the Makkah, whether we talk about Anjalut, or whether we talk about one of the areas which is today has the most number of Muslims on the earth, which is the Indian subcontinent. Muhammad bin Qasim, he also entered through Bibel, one of the ports, to prevent some of the sisters and the children and the men who were abducted by Raja Dahir at that time. And the army of the Muslims entered and they were able to open that land and today it has over six or seven hundred million Muslims live in the area now. I'm talking about Pakistan, India, Bangladesh. This was a starting point <coughs> where Islam entered and flourished and showed the Indian subcontinent what Islam provided to the mankind in that region until the British colonialists enter and they usurp all the resources from there as we know when they enter Indian subcontinent they used to refer to that in Urdu we call them Sone uh, Kichiriya uh, they used to refer to that as the as a golden sparrow because it had 27% of the wealth of the world 27% of the GDP of the world and then when Britain left it left with 2% of the GDP in the area According to one of the numbers, 40 trillion dollars were stolen by Britain from the Indian subcontinent. 40 trillion dollars. Now, going back to the story that I'd like to relate to about that brother, the, the, the doctor Ahmad Khalid Usaibi. In the time of Rasulullah after the brother, the Yahud and the Munafiqeen, they had really hatred towards Rasulullah when they were seeing the progress of Islam happening in Medina. And they were plotting different ways. And one of the things that they did, they used to ridicule if the Muslim women or the men are in the area, in their areas, even though they were under the covenant. And Rasulullah summoned them. And their response to Rasulullah was, we are not like these Qurayshites who you can go and fight with them and win this battle of Badr that you're referring to. We know our state of war, we know how to fight, and we will show you how to fight to Rasulullah And then one day, one of the Muslim women, she was in the bazaars of, of the Medina, in the Banu uh, Khaynuqa, one of the tribes of the Yahud in the outskirts of Medina. She went to one of the goldsmiths to buy and sell some jewelry. 
and he was forcing her to show her face. And when she denied one of the Yahudi, he went behind her and tied her cloth from the back to the top. And when she got up, her aura was shown. Upon that, one of the Muslims who was seeing that, he got up and he killed that Yahudi. And then, those Yahudi who were there, they killed that Muslim over there. Now when Rasulullah found out about this story, what this incident happened, Rasulullah prepared an army because they broke the covenant, they shed the blood of a Muslim, they dishonored a Muslim woman. Hence, Rasulullah sent an army and they seized the Banu Qaynuqa. As one of the reports talked about, about two weeks, and then at the end they gave up. And the person who came to help the Banu Qaynuqa was one of the head of the Munafiqeen, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. He started begging Rasulullah for the safety of them. Because after the siege, they gave up. Abdullah bin Salul was keep begging. They let him go. He was our ally because he was from Khazraj and Banu Qaynuqa were allies. And Rasulullah allowed them. He was of recent, from the front face at least, was a recent Muslim. One of the Munafiq. It was about a month before he became Muslim. He became Muslim. Rasulullah allowed the Banu Qaynuqa a safe exit from Medina. They were kicked out from Medina. They went to Sham and then they perished there. The point I'm making here is, look at the response of Rasulullah when the owner of one Muslim woman was harmed. What did Rasulullah did? And we all talk about this, that we want to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't we love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Don't we want to be like him? Don't we want to act like him? Don't we recite this? That لَقَدْ قَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَيَوْمَ الْآخِرَةِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرَةٌ Isn't that example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the best example for us to follow? Or is it the example of Abdullah bin Ubay is supposed to be followed? As we find many of those people who do have authority in their hands, who can take actions, who can protect, I'm talking about the one who have power. Regular people act like Ahmad Khalid, Usayyib acted, or a Sahabi in the time Rasulullah acted on his own. But the real answer for these kind of problems that we say all the time is not from the individuals. There's a whole state behind these actions. When we see what happened in Masjid Al-Aqsa two nights ago, many of us probably cried to see the people who are there, there to, in the month of Ramadan to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how they were treated indiscriminately between men, women, children, old, doesn't matter. They were tied down with the zip ties on the faces down and lying in the Masjid Al-Aqsa. This is the same Masjid Al-Aqsa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam many of his signs. Isn't this the same Masjid Al-Aqsa? Allah Azza wa Jal talks about Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi laylan min Masjid Al-Haram ila al-Masjid Al-Aqsa alladhi barakna hawlahu linuriyah min ayatina innahu huwa sami'ul basir. Isn't this the same Masjid Al-Aqsa we are talking about today? 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the part of the night from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa and brought him back and showed him the signs, took him to the heaven. Isn't that same Masjid al-Aqsa from where Rasulullah ascended to the heavens and he was given the gift of the five daily prayers we pray every day? Isn't that the same Masjid al-Aqsa we are talking about where all the messengers from the time from Adam salam, up to Rasulullah descended from heaven to Masjid al-Aqsa? And isn't that the same Masjid al-Aqsa Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam led all those anbiya in a salah? This is the Masjid al-Aqsa we are talking about today. This is the second house of Allah Azza wa Jal built on the earth after Masjid al-Haram, after Kaaba. Isn't this the same Masjid al-Aqsa Rasulullah sallallahu said there are three masajid you are allowed to travel among them Masjid al-Haram, Masjid al-Nabawi and the Masjid al-Aqsa. Yes, it is. This is the same Masjid Al-Aqsa and this is the same surrounding we are talking about. That Allah has blessed. Allah is not talking about only Masjid Al-Aqsa. The whole Bilad Al-Sham is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed. We are not saying that because if some brothers are from Palestine or, or Jordan or Lebanon or Syria, they should get up and say, this is blessed for the whole mankind. From Allah Azza wa Jal, for all the Muslims we feel the pain. Let's throw all these caps of nationalism off of our heads and think of it what the way Allah Azza wa wants us to look at it. This is the matter of Iman. This is the matter of our deen. This is the matter Allah Azza wa has given priority for us. Let's think of that way. This is the Masjid Al-Aqsa we are talking about. This is the, 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 the sanctity of the, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been harmed. How long are we going to be watching this? Every Ramadan, I myself can be a witness, even from this member. Here I hear, I was talking about the same thing last year as well. It makes you cry that this is the house of Allah, that we have to see the sanctity and the honor of the people have been harmed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help our brothers and sisters in Palestine and in all the world and may Allah subhanahu wa make us the one who become the carriers of the torch of this deen so we can show the people the mercy of the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. Let's rise up and think about it. What is our solution? What, is, what am I supposed to do? What is my solution? This is not, yes, we make dua to Allah Azza wa Jal. I am not saying we will always make dua, no matter what. Whether we have strength or we don't have strength, dua we will always be making and we should be making dua for them. But brothers, and sisters, we should also think of it. That this is a political issue. Let's not be fooled by that. That we just grab our musalla or sijjadeh and the rug and just start just praying for these things. Yes, we will do, we will pray. We know we, the Masjid al-Haram is filled with, with the people who are performing Umrah now. People are raising their hands. Help me asking for dua for all the Muslims, especially for the people in, in, Masjid, in Palestine. But why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not responding to our du'as? The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, either you do amal bil ma'roof and nahi al-munkar and join the good or forbid the evil, or Allah will descend his, 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 his aqab, his punishment, and you will raise your hands for the du'a and Allah will not respond. Allah will not respond to our du'as. So let's not make this as only the issue of the du'a. Yes, it's an issue of du'a, but at the same time, it requires action. And we have to wake up. I had 
too many things to talk about. I can't. I can't continue on about this issue. It, it makes me cry to discuss even this issue over and over. But there's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu I want to remind, and inshallah, we will stick with that and remember our obligations. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ رَأَ مِنْكُمُ الْمُنْكَرَ فَلَيُغَيِّرْ Whosoever, whosoever sees a munkar, sees an evil, what could be a bigger evil than harming the sanctity of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Whosoever sees a munkar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and this hadith is reported by Imam Muslim, whosoever sees a munkar, stop it, prevent it by hand. And if you do not have the capability, remember it is connected to capability, for bilisani, then do with your tongue. You don't have even this capability to do that. For biqalbi. And feel bad in your heart. This is the lowest level of iman. We see a munkar and we don't even feel bad about the munkar. We don't even feel bad about the munkar. So this idea of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, enjoining the good, of course we all know that. We should always be doing that. Unfortunately, sometimes you see here and there people try to prevent the good also. But we are commanded to enjoy the good. And we are commanded to forbid the evil. If we don't do that, as the hadith mentions, Allah will descend the punishment. And we make dua, and Allah will not respond to our duas. So now when we talk about these kind of incidents that happen, so the people who have authority, Allah has given them the authority, they have power, they have to take the actions according to what Allah has given to them. The one who do not have the authority, use your tongue, make the awareness among the ummah, let them know what's going on, so we can rise up. We establish the deen of Allah who will take care of these issues, who will make this month of Ramadan the month of victory again. Who will make this month of Ramadan the way it was at the time of Rasulullah when we celebrated the victory of Badr, when we celebrated the victory of the Mecca, when we celebrated the victory of the Undulus, when we celebrated the victory of Anjulut, when we celebrated the victory of this Bilad al-Hind we talk about, that over six, seven hundred million Muslims live there in this India, Pakistan, Bangladesh area. It all happened in the month of Ramadan. But all this requires that you have to have power, you have to have strength that implements the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one who has their own political will driven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help our brothers and sisters in Palestine, in Yemen, in Sham, in, in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, and everywhere in the world. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com. 